live from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriot. Jeremy Harrell. Ladies and gentlemen, we got no time to mess around tonight. You are locked and loaded right here on LFA TV. This is Live from America, and I am your ever-so-humbled, God-fearing, and God-loving host of this show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot. Broadcasting from the Live Free or Die Granite State of New Hampshire, me and producer Eli, we got a heck of a show lined up for you today, and we're not going to be messing around, so you need to get everybody in here right now. We are so honored and blessed to be able to do this every day. We wear that armor of God, we strap it on tight, we get out there and we fight for this country, we fight for what's right, we fight for righteousness, we fight for hope, and we fight against the principalities of darkness and these forces of evil that are continuing to take away everything that is precious to us. Keith, how you doing my friend? Keith77, how you doing? Susu1961, good to see you, big shout out to my mom, Renee1960, J.A. Fish, how you doing? Lord Fishy, J.K. Alba, Logan. Bill Carmen, how you doing, Bill? Caramore, Christina Mosier, how you doing? Thank you very much. Victoria, thank you very much. Sharon TX, thank you for joining in tonight. Got a heck of a show lined up for you. Big shout out to FLR Girl, how you doing? Good to see you. Standing for Truth is in the building. And one more, let's give it to Lem, Lem, L-E-M-N, one, how you doing? And Linda Saviano, God bless you. Darlene from Michigan, God bless you. Lisa Notcan, God bless you. B Goals, God bless you. All of you, thank you for joining in. Look, folks, I'm going to get right to it. Earlier today, I found out that there was a FEMA camp, FEMA facility that popped up on the long side of Interstate 91 going northbound in Vermont. Now, that's only about 25 minutes for me as I live on the border of New Hampshire and Vermont. I know right where it is. I decided to make a, take a recon mission up to this FEMA camp. Now, what I noticed was as soon as I got to the, so it's, it's in a rest area on the interstate. Very strategic, by the way. Very strategic. Why would they need to be in a rest area on side of the interstate so you can't stop? You can't walk there. You can't walk on the side of the interstate. You can't walk there and film. You can't stop. They had both the exit and the entrance blocked off. They had armed guards there, and I went as a recon mission just to kind of see what we're dealing with. Oh, but just be rest assured, we're going to go back there and demand an interview now that I know what's going on. So, ladies and gentlemen, there is no time to waste. You must share this video. I'm going to play that 
that interaction that I had on the side of the interstate, because what I did is I, I pulled over on the northbound lane. I, I pretended like my can I was riding my Can-Am. I was pretending like it was like something was wrong with it. Um, within 10 seconds of me being there, trucks started coming out. I thought they were coming to me. They ended up getting let out of the, uh, of the area. And then they ended up, uh, driving on the interstate, but two armed guards started walking towards me and I was already past them cause I couldn't stop next to them. I had to drive way past them and stop and then walk by uh, up to it. And as I did, they started sending armed guards out. So what I did is I jumped back on my, uh, Can-Am went around, came back down the southbound interstate lane and there's a, a rest area on the other side, and I got footage from through the trees. But then I noticed when I left that there's even better place for me to get footage, and I'm going to be going back there. I did not want to um, demand answers alone. I wanted to make sure I had a cameraman. I wanted to make sure that we were live. So I just went up for a recon mission today, and ladies and gentlemen, this is what I saw. Now, they'll tell you that it's for the floods that we had. Well, that was over a month ago, and there's not that. there's no reason for FEMA to be setting up permanent housing here, massive trailers, electricity, generators. I mean, they're posting up for quite some time. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is the live video that I took from there today. Roll it. Here, LFA TV, live from America. Um, I got reports this morning on my 11 o'clock hour that there were uh, FEMA, like shutdowns on interstates, on the sides of interstates, uh, in Vermont and New Hampshire for no reason whatsoever. The floods have happened forever ago. They would have come and gone if it had anything to do with the flood uh, or the floods that were up here. But um, I'm getting reports that this is happening all over the country right now. Um, and so I'm here. I tried to go on the uh, interstate. So there, there's obviously two interstates, right? There's one going southbound, one's going northbound. Right now, I'm on the southbound one because the FEMA encampment is on the uh, the northbound one, and I just tried to get in there, and they wouldn't let me in. They wouldn't let me in. They couldn't, wouldn't even let, ask you can't to even get, get in. near them. And if I tried to pull up on on the outside or on the uh, after I went by, and I pulled off the interstate and got off, and like they literally sent people out. A um, couple people they let out, but then they sent a couple guards over, and I was recording, and then I had to bounce. Uh, they won't like. They'll probably even arrest me, you know what I'm saying, just because. So I'm going to like flip over the video here, and I'm going to show you. I need you guys all to share this video, okay? Share the video. I'm going to flip this around here. Can I do that on this? I'm never usually using Instagram Live, so I'm Let's not see. familiar with it. But I will allow me to fly. I don't ever use. I can't see how I can flip the view. All these people requesting to join. So I can't flip the view, so I'm gonna go like this. You see that over there? Oh yeah, I can flip the view right there. There it is, okay, let's do it this way. So you see that over there? Those are literally permanent homes, and there's big FEMA trucks over there as well. I'm gonna walk over here so you can see. I'm gonna actually show you through the trees there as well. You can see through the trees there, they're posted up. You can see over there, they're posted up. And it goes like, like if I were to start there, that's like where they, on the other side of the interstate, it goes all the way down, all the way down to probably on the other side of the interstate, about right there. And that lot over there is filled, ladies and gentlemen, with those small little single wide trailers, literally filled with them. 
So I don't know what's going on um, over here, but there's no reason that FEMA needs to be here. There's no natural disasters. There's no federal emergency that's happening here. But if so, this is a rest area on Interstate 91 uh, South uh, near White River Junction, Vermont. And behind me, there's the rest area, right? But then on the other side of the rest area over there, there is a National Guard, well, uh, uh, an armory of some sort. So I tried to stop over here. I did try to stop. I have video of me. Uh, I, I took um, not a live video, but regular video of me on the other side. Because you, like when I was, I know where this is. And as I was getting ready to pull up and go off the, uh, go off the exit, I mean, they have it blocked off everywhere. You, it's either keep moving on the interstate or get smashed by the cars behind you. Like they won't let anybody stop. You know what I mean? And and yes, drone footage would be helpful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm calling. I don't have a drone myself, but I do know some people that have them, and we're gonna try to get drone footage of this as well. But again, let me just, let me just flip this around and show you again. So here's the interstate right here. There's the rest area on the southbound side. Over there, they knocked down this rest area building a long time ago. And right through the trees there, you can see one of the RVs they have. That's an RV. Uh, right next to that is a... No, wait, that's the FEMA truck. That's the that's actually the FEMA truck right there. And they've got guards. I mean, like, armed guards blocking this up. Armed guards. Why would you need armed guards if you were here for federal emergency response? Why would you need armed guards? That's my question. If you're here in... Vermont, because I'm actually live in New Hampshire, but I'm only about 25 minutes from here, so I decided to come here. If you live in Vermont, right, you know there's no federal emergency here. And even if there is some residual emergency resources needed from the flood victims from a month ago, there'd be no reason for them to just put this up. Just put this up. Now, this wasn't here a week ago. This wasn't here a week ago. And then we've been reporting on LFA TV if you don't watch LFA TV, I don't know what's wrong with you, but if you do watch it, you know we've been reporting it. FEMA camps are popping up everywhere as they're getting ready for climate lockdowns, as they're getting ready for COVID lockdowns, and then they've got armed guards here, dressed in black, body armor on, and armed. So I didn't see any rifles, but I see all side pieces on all of them. Why? For what reason? What reason would the federal government need to have armed guards out here shutting down the sides of interstates where there used to be a rest area and literally putting up permanent homes here. I mean, they are literally, these these uh, trailers aren't going anywhere. These trailers are going to be here for a while. They've got generators. They've got literally everything. Generators. They've got electricity running to them. They even put up their own. Look at this. I want to show you something here. Check this out. Let's go back over here. They even put up, check this out. See that electricity right there on that pole? That new, that new uh, three-pronged, like electrical infrastructure they built there. They're here for the long haul, folks. And there's probably so there's one massive FEMA truck, and there's about oh I don't know maybe ten, ten full-size single, single uh, wide trailers. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know where this is, this is uh, southbound on 91 at the White River Junction or Hartford, Vermont. Um, 
rest area and the northbound or yes the northbound over there is completely is completely shut down so I, here's what i need you to do not only do i need you to share this live but after this live is done i need you to share the actual video i'm going to post this video okay okay so ladies and gentlemen that that pretty much was the end of the video and uh, i don't think it's for anything to do with illegals just to let you know i don't think it has anything to do with illegals it's not big enough. It's not a big enough, like, uh, you know, camp for illegals to live. It's something different. Now, at that junction right there on both sides, they're constantly, they used to do DUI checkpoints there. So they're constantly blocking off those interstates right there. So they're no, they're, nobody in the area is, you know, nobody's not familiar. Now, the, the town of Hartford, Vermont, which is near White River Junction, they're saying that they're there just for, um, emergency uh, cleanup from the flood victims. Do you know that Vermont only has 500,000 people in the entire state? And the amount of people that were probably affected by the flood outside of Barrie and Montpelier, Vermont, which is where the capital is, which is an hour and a half north of where these people are, is probably maybe in the tune of, I don't know, 25,000 people. Why would you need... 330 FEMA agents. That's how many agents they say are in Vermont right now. We did some digging. They have 330 FEMA agents in Vermont. Why would you need them a month later after when only maybe 25,000 people were really affected outside of Barrie, Vermont, Montpelier, Vermont, which is all dry and cleaned up right now? And why? And where were they during the flood? I remember they were up here during uh, Hurricane Irene. Remember that, Eli? They were here during Hurricane Irene, but we haven't seen them for really... I've seen them maybe in the last week around the area. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what they're doing. We're going to go back, and we're going to make sure we get to the bottom of it. I also want to thank Vicky for such a great gift. As you can see, this was from when we were at CPAC, and she got pictures with all of us, all of the LFA family. This is really quite a very uh, a nice surprise to get in the mail uh, for, my, for my birthday. And just it was really nice to... Uh, you know, with all the craziness going on, ladies and gentlemen, it's really nice to get nice things in the mail and nice cards and things like that. So we're going to be going back and we're going to get uh, real footage from there. I've got to keep going, though, because we've got Derek from Maui coming on tonight. It's going to be an explosive show. Let's go to the Lord now, folks. <clears throat> on this August 28th. Oh, wait, today's my sister's birthday. My other sister's birthday. Wow, I guess I better give her a call. I just forgot. I forgot till just now. The choice to be bold rests on your confidence that I am with you and for you. The choice to be bold. Are we bold here or what, folks? Remember that I am the God of surprises, a God of surprises. I'm not limited by the way things are or by the paltry possibilities that you can see. With me, all things are possible. My favorite verse, right? Uh, Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And he was with me today. In Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And before you turn out the light, I will increase your strength and your coverage, or excuse me, and your courage, I'm thinking news, the coverage of the news, your courage, while you look to me, refuse to grow discouraged. Refuse to grow 
discouraged. Also, two birthdays, Rock and Rev Dean, and a happy belated birthday to Rosa. So, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dean and Rosa, and my sister Alicia. Happy birthday to you. God bless you all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the uh, Lord's Prayer, and then let's get busy. We've got so much to expose. In Jesus' name, let's let all that go and focus on the cross. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think that has, has anything to do with illegals. I think that has everything to do with COVID or climate lockdowns. Think about this. You got your COVID vaccine papers while you're driving on the interstate. The new variant is so bad, you must get it. They're already talking about doing it. Or how about this one? Is your car, is your car uh, um, inspected? Are your emissions correct? Are you emitting too much CO2 out of your car? If so, we're going to confiscate it and we're going to tow it and you're going to have to get a ride home. I'm telling you, something is getting ready to go down, especially after we found out yesterday that they're planning a FEMA emergency thing on October 4th. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have my friend Derek Smith coming on at the 5.30 hour. And right now, I want to play for you the video footage that he compiled together and sent to me from there in Maui. This is the same one who ran and hid from National Guard and had to hide his gear. He's back on mainland, and he sent me this today. We'll play this, and then we'll bring him on. It's quite long, but it's quite needed. Roll it. It's a very sensitive topic. I mean, not topic. It's a very sensitive disaster response. There's a lot of fatalities. Hawaii culture, you step over a lot of those things. We have groups who are trying to find land and camp, as we know on this call, and camp close to the destruction zone, which is causing issues locally. And those have been arised. We've had about seven complaints yesterday from all different agencies, and we have addressed that. So... Do not self-deploy. If you self-deploy, you do not have the blessing of the Hawaii State BOAD, and we will not coordinate with you. We have to make it that firm. Talking about people coming to cover. Right. If you have local presence on the ground and you are coming to beef up your team, that is something different than a group who's never worked in Hawaii before and self-deploying. We don't have the space for it. You may say, oh, we have this, we have this, we have this, but you are also making that very difficult on the local groups and the local government and all those who are trying to assist. So please be respectful. I do want to say thank you for those groups who have been waiting patiently, and I know it's hard to wait, especially this is a large-scale disaster. We're all nonprofits. Everybody wants to know why are we not there, right? There's that side of it too, and that makes it difficult as well. But space is an issue to get people in. That will change eventually. And it will once that changes, we'll lift that part of it. But we're getting a lot of pushback and we're getting a lot of comments. So we've had to ask people to demobilize and just out of respect as well. So so be firm with that. 
And I just want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this is exclusive footage that Derek took from his own camera while he was there. And this is what he's playing. He's playing that this is the Maui officials telling people you can't come here if you're not. If you are independent news or you are alternative news, you can't come here. You do not have our blessing to come cover this. Just to give you an idea, if you're just joining in, what you're listening to. Roll it. Also, thank you for those who are holding off. Eight days after the fire. Normally, I'm a storm chaser, covering weather and, and, and disasters as they're happening and unfolding. This one, I saw the disaster response was lacking and they needed help in many ways. I had a Starlink on me. I was on vacation in Maine, drove to Boston, hopped the flight from Boston to Dallas, Dallas to, to Maui, got out here, just made sure I got on the ground, sat in the parking lot where there were a bunch of people, stuck the Starlink up, opened it up, let people communicate for the first time. And that's just like the way I could start helping right there. What can we do? I said, man, we gotta feed people. This is day seven. There's no hot food here, even for the volunteers. And he's like, what do you need? I said, tents, generators, grills. Rob with Cajun Navy's here. They started bringing in food. Tyler started going to get food. And all of a sudden, next day, we fed 800 people, just like that. And today it was 1,200. Tomorrow we're gonna shoot for 1,400. So uh, and now we've started doing it. People are recognizing it and donations starting to come in. We get extra volunteers coming today now that they got that stupid robot removed. So the help's coming in. And now things are starting to run like you'd expect on a running recovery effort. They're, you know, FEMA's trying to take away the resources that we're bringing in for our own people. Like, they're trying to confiscate resources, what I'm hearing, you know, from... So, this is, this is consistent with the report that I told you last week, that reports were coming out of there that FEMA was confiscating help. They were confiscating help. Confiscating people's water, fresh water and food that they sent in there. That's what he's saying. Local people, you know, we're, we're, we're going to Costco, you know, Tyler, and we're, they're going to Costco and Target and Walmart and buying resources to come feed hungry people, and the local government's trying to take it away from us. It's the, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. It, it makes me wonder what's really going on, you know, and, you know, you hear all the conspiracy theories, you know, there's one really weird thing about conspiracy theories is all the conspiracy theories are crazy until they're not. You know what I mean? You think, no way, no way, that could never happen. And then you start seeing some of the puzzle pieces fall, and you're like, could it really be that? Could that really even be true? You know? I mean, could, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I, all I know is I do know this. I do know the electrical company was warned years ago that this was a major fire hazard. All the poles need to be replaced. All the infrastructure was bad, and they chose not to do it. And there's thousand people probably dead because of that decision. And there needs to be peace of repercussions for people. People, people need to be held accountable for their actions. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people are dead. A lot of, you know, my kids. You know, they're not going to school for months. When my kids go back to school, half their friends are going to be gone and dead. That's the highest electric bills in the whole United States of America come from Maui. We pay more for electric than anyone. Why? Just why? Why? Because you live in the middle you know? of the ocean. Why? But again, you know, the, the biggest thing I want to focus on is just how amazing the people of Lahaina are and what they're doing here. And, uh, and you know, the government, they just be ashamed of themselves. Trying to take this little bit away that we're trying to do for our community. We want to take it away from us. It's, it's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It almost makes you wonder if they just want everyone to leave. That's what, you, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Or a land grab. Yeah, leave behind it. Leave behind I just want a land grab, you know, and maybe people want to come in and buy the land cheap and develop it. I know it would be a very sad thing if people were willing to do something that would kill a thousand people, kill all these children, you know. Um, but all I know is what I've seen, you know. I try not to go too much off hearsay. And the one thing I have seen is the local government's not showing up for us. 
And from what you're saying now, they're trying to take away us, taking care of ourselves. So, I mean, go figure, you know? Ground zero, four days after the fire. Look at this. There's nobody around. I was yelling for help. There's nobody around, bro. And I was literally like, I could, I could have lost my own life. You know what I mean? It was like a wall of fire going down the mountain. You know what I mean? And there's just nothing you could do. You know what I mean? It just engulfed everything, all the buildings. Uh, and so the night of, I just, I, I didn't know what to do, man. You know what I mean? And I could hear dogs like just like crying. You know what I mean? And I'm a big animal lover, man. You know what I mean? So. I, I tried to rescue as many animals as I could. Any animal that I could hear crying or whatever from getting like scorched, bro, I was there, you know what I mean? Like trying to pull them out, cut them out of their cages and shit. It's just that, uh, you know, there wasn't any response uh, for the people. Like we all were walking down the highway, there was no water. There was nobody driving in, they shut off the road so nobody could come from Kihei and bring us resources like food. So we were all out there like, it was chaos, and uh, maybe next time they can figure out an emergency plan a little better, you know? Because, I mean, it was chaos. That's not the way it's supposed to be, I don't think, but, you know, we're in a modern society. How can you let uh, your town burn down without saving the people or giving them resources for days, you know? And as you can see, this is this is the destruction. Kind of mind-boggling is that there's what they're there's dealing no with. Access into here with there's no cell phones for us. We have we can't communicate with our friends to see if they're alive or if their place made it or there's no. I mean, I'm, I'm able to get a cell phone signal once in a while to talk to my daughter on the mainland and she can spread the word that I'm okay and all that. But I haven't been able to contact my friends or my people here in, in Lahaina. Nobody can communicate. There's no signal like when. You'd think they would move something in, you know, or be more prepared for a disaster. Unbelievable. Unbelievable how they handled it, how they're continuing to handle it. Unbelievable how they're turning people away from coming to cover it. Uh, there's gasoline or there's, I mean, now I guess there is, but it's not for anybody in the zone. I'm in the zone. I can't get supplies. Luckily, I'm a little bit uh, prepared, but... If it goes on much longer, I mean, it sounds like there's help coming. I mean, we had the National Guard circling and Chinook helicopters, but they just circle and they're, what are they, what are they doing? I didn't see them land. They're just taking a view. I mean, it's... So you're, you're on your own out here? We're on, we're on our own. I haven't found my wife yet, bro. I don't even know, I don't even know where to start looking. You know what I mean? He hasn't found his wife. No, I've been on foot, on my bicycle, every day, you know, bro. The locals, they took the side roads out. I seen him on my road just running through the cones because they shut the road down. So we're about to bring on... Uh, all the cars over there are burnt out and they blocked the road. This road isn't even open because you can't get to it because all those burnt out cars. Those are people who are sitting in traffic. Wow. As the fire came over, hit the front street apartments, wow. burnt them down. And they jumped out their car and ran for their lives into the ocean or down this road. 
So as soon as we'll finish this video out, and then we'll bring on Derek and actually talk to him about this footage. But as you can see, just utter destruction and very targeted. What is one image that you've seen in here that you'll never forget? Sorry. Well, the amount of cars that didn't get out that have the X on them now that they've been cleared, but the amount of cars that are where they're not normally supposed to be, not in a parking spot. It's just people had to stop and run. And that's the scary part. When you, when you know that you, all you can do is run from your vehicle and you're just on foot, that's, that's really, really scary to me. All right, we're going uh, to stop it right there. We're, it's got about four seconds left, so you guys get the gist of the destruction. And that's, you know, I mean, I just wanted you to see on the ground since they're, you know, trying to hide everything from there. You know, they've got fencing put up around there. You got all these stories coming out. And what really leads people to conspiracy is secrecy. Normally, when you have a, an event like this happen, and people are dead and people are displaced and all of this, and you see all this happening, then you see a relief effort where everybody works together. But when, there's, when it's shrouded in secrecy, what do you expect people to do? But then secrecy leads to conspiracy. Conspiracy starts leading to truth. So that's what I want to do right now. I want to, I, want to, I want to talk to Derek about what he experienced down there. Uh, Derek is a, uh, is a one-man band. He's, he's in his car right now to give us an interview. Uh, Derek, are you there, my friend? How are you? You're muted. Hold on. Okay, I got you. How you how you doing, Derek? You good? Yeah, I got you. I got you good. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, Jeremy, I, I'm a one man band. You know, I'm I'm a disaster journalist. I focus on natural disasters uh, for a living, and I cover them for a living. And I normally do not get into any type of politics or conspiracies whatsoever. I'm not a politics guy. I've done some work for political networks such as your own over the years, but. I don't get into it. I don't even vote. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know who's running for president. It's just not my cup of tea. But when I got to La Haida the first day, I realized right off the bat that something was horribly wrong, horribly wrong with this disaster. I've, I've covered hundreds of horrible disasters, deadly disasters, and I've never seen some of the things that I saw there with the military presence, with the, with, with the way that they locked the city down and kept people not only out, but they kept people in uh Lahaina and they wouldn't let them leave and people were starving to death uh, dying of thirst uh, there was rumors going around that this is not confirmed information this is not a fact and they're probably not going to give you this fact this is not gonna, ever going to be confirmed but there were dozens of people that died in the days following the disaster because they didn't have medical care and they didn't have water uh the first day I went in there it was about 40 40 hours or so after the the fire had occurred I came across many people who didn't have any water and they were trying to find water. I gave them water. I had a gallon sized jug and I dispersed it around a couple of people and just, just to do what I could to help. And uh, I came across people with horrible injuries. There was one guy that I came across. He had a, a severe laceration to his toe and foot uh, that he had got when he was trying to run from the fire. And I, I, I applied first aid to him. I, I did what I could to help help him out, but he couldn't leave. He couldn't hardly walk. Nobody was there to help him. No EMS was there. No, no, no fire department was there. All it was was the military and, and federal agents keeping people in and out of Lahaina. Uh, 
by by my journey into that city was very uh interesting to say the least i had to hike about 11 miles in the middle of the night to gain access and sneak in to the city to do my job and show the world what was going on i spent about seven hours there that first day before i finally got discovered by the military uh, they caught me and they chased me out of town uh, essentially at gunpoint with with m16s uh, I thought they were going to kill me. Okay, hold on, hold on. So when you and I spoke, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I think we were just, you know, we were, we were speaking so quickly and it was early in the morning. I think it was seven in the morning here, maybe one in the morning where you were. And I, and I mm. missed that part that they were, that they were armed uh, with M16s. Can you kind of, can you kind right. of, uh, it's all right. Can you kind of bring us through that? Like, okay, so you just said you, you hiked 11 miles at night to sneak mm -hmm. in because that's the only way you could do your job to get in and get the truth out. And you were there for uh, a matter of hours before they figured out that you were there and that you were an outsider. And then you were chased by the National Guard with M16s. That's correct. And I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to. That's not confirmed that they were National Guard. Honestly, I don't know what division of military they were. Okay, but, but they still were officials, federal officials. They were soldiers. You know, dressed in in their in their uh, combat uniforms uh, with all the gear. They had rifles. They had weapons. They had. I even saw one guy with a pouch that had grenades on it and stuff. Wow! You know, it looked like they were ready. They were ready for war. And uh, you know, at first they discovered me. I was able to run a little ways and then hide under some debris. Uh, I hid there for about twenty minutes, and they and they even they even went to uh, the extent of getting a canine to sniff me out and find me. Uh, and once they finally found me, they basically said, you know, you can come with us and be arrested or you could. Uh, and, and at that point, I just ran. I ran. They're not to me. Those, those are not police officers and I don't have to abide by their orders. Uh, I, I, I felt that I was within my constitutional rights to be there. And what they did was horribly wrong. They were doing this to all the press. I don't think any of the press ever got chased by guns like I did, but nobody ever pushed the limit and got in there like I did either. So you had to, uh, okay, this is just a lot to unpack. So I wasn't aware of this when we talked at like early in the morning. So they actually got the dog. They, they ended up finding you and then they yes. basically gave you an ultimatum. You can come with us. And then you just took off running. And mm -hmm. now uh, when you took off running, did they, did they send the dog out? Did they chase you themselves? Did they give up? How, I mean, they, how, how did they that go? They released the dog. They, they followed me for a short time. You know, they had a lot of gear on, so they can't run very fast. As you can see, I, I'm decently athletic. I've got myself into shape over the past year, and I could run really fast. So I just – honestly, what I did is I dropped my gear. I, I yeah. still have about $2,500 worth of gear sitting in behind us somewhere. Oh, you I didn't get it? I dropped everything. Uh, do what? You didn't get it? You didn't retrieve it? I thought you retrieved all your gear. You didn't You didn't retrieve no, it? No, I have a camera and tripod that I didn't retrieve with footage of this altercation on it uh, in Lahaina. Or maybe they picked it up by That's now. what they wanted. Started. I'll guarantee you that's what they wanted, Derek. I'll yeah, guarantee you that's I what they wanted. And I, 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 at, the, at the time, I went into fight or flight, but and, and I think very fast whenever I'm in a situation like that. I'm in a lot of very stressful, high adrenaline situations, and, and the only thing that I could think to myself at that time was drop everything and run as fast as I could, and that's what I did. So, man, so you were up. You were up here covering these disasters up here. Now, I don't want to take you away from Maui because everybody wants to hear more about your, your time there. But it's really interesting. You were up here covering the floods up here. How long ago was that, Derek, that you were up here covering these disasters? Month? Oh, that was maybe a month ago. About okay. Half. Okay. That long. So FEMA just showed up and started putting up little, like, FEMA encampments everywhere, like, like 
like very not permanent, but not also not temporary. Like 10, 15 trailers, housing. Uh, they're there with FEMA trucks. And the town of Hartford, Vermont, which you probably know, it was you were probably around the area. Hartford, White River, Londonderry, you know, uh, uh, Ludlow, all these places. They're saying it's because of, of disaster relief from the floods. But you just got here. And then they right. locked down the entire area. I went there today. And got footage today, same thing. They send armed guards out to me. And I did the same thing you did. I got on my, I was on my Can-Am, I got on it, took off as I was just reconning, and I'm going to go back there with people with me, and we're going to ask questions, what the hell is going on here? Because it seems to me like FEMA is doing the same thing all around the place, and I'll bet you that was FEMA that, that chased you. I mean, I, again, we don't know for sure, but I'll bet you it was FEMA. Wow. Yeah. Wow, it's definitely military of some sort. Yeah, they, they do what they were doing. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, uh, Derek is a um, basically a disaster journalist, natural disaster, whatever. If something's going down where there's mass, you know, massive catastrophe, he's there. Uh, he works. He's worked with us before. Um, and I, so how long were you stuck in or how long were you in Maui? First of all, how long were you there altogether? So it was on and off. Uh, I spent, you know, the first the first uh, run that I had, I only spent about uh, 20 hours on Maui. So I, I spent about 11 to 15 hours figuring out how to get in. I got in. I stayed for about five to six hours and was able to obtain a lot of the stuff that you guys are seeing right now. Uh, most of that was thankfully shot on my phone and I didn't lose it. But I have a lot of footage that I did lo- that I did lose with that equipment that I left behind. Uh, I was there about six hours the first time. I ended up escaping. I had to climb back over the mountain that I hiked in on, and then I got on a boat and went back to Oahu, where I have a really good friend who I stayed with for a All couple right. days. I had to. Was he the guy that was on to, the phone when I was talking to you? That was him. Yeah, yeah, yes. John. Yeah, yes, yes, really yes, yeah, yes. I, had to, I had to spend some time away from there after that situation. I had to. I had to really work on my my mind. I was in. I was in a mess. I had, you know, I was I was having very uh, bad post traumatic stress disorder flare ups that I because I've seen a lot of stuff over the years and I have some you know psychological issues that I deal with because of it. Yeah. And I had to take a couple days and, and, and recuperate and basically put my mind back together. Then I went back to Maui about four days later. I spent uh, four days on Maui, two of them in Lahaina at the at the relief camp that you guys saw that Brandon Clement set up. I spent two days at that camp interviewing people a lot of the interviews that you saw were from that time uh, and then I, I i ended up going to another island malakai where there's a lot of locals and uh, a lot of uh, local leadership hawaiian leadership is based on that island so I, I i conducted some interviews there as well talked to some very influential people in the hawaiian culture then i went back to maui spent a couple more days uh talking to people and, but I never did get back into Ground Zero because yeah. they had that thing locked down well, like a prison. Derek, they're doing look at look at the black fencing they're putting up all around it right now on Ground Zero. They're keeping everybody out as far as they as they can. But here's something black interesting. Fencing, huh? Yeah. I haven't heard about that. Yeah, yet. no, I, I'm going to show the footage after I get off with you. Uh, so you know, stay tuned and and, and watch the the show later. But um, the the crazy thing about it is um, is. Oh, I just lost my train of thought on what I was gonna, what I was saying. Oh, that's Reddit. So now Maui officials are going completely against the narrative of climate change because you know the the, the Biden White House, you know FEMA, you got all the federal agencies are saying climate change, climate change. We need to do something about it now. Maui officials are now coming out and saying we believe 100% it was the electrical grid, the electrical failures there. 
which is putting right. a which is putting a huge blow to the narrative of this is climate change. Now you uh, were telling me that you know you've been ch- storm chasing for a long time, and and something like this is rare, but happens, right? The storm that we thought right. had happened, uh, right? But the fires that so there was a storm, we know that, but the fires now they're saying are caused by electrical. Here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna say to you because none of us really know what happened. Do you believe anything that the officials in the federal government are telling you about Maui right now? Nothing. I believe at whatever they tell me, I, I try to think the opposite at this point. And that is based on your experience there and your experience as a disaster uh, and storm journalist and storm chaser. This is based on what you experienced there. You don't believe anything they're telling you. Correct. And I didn't used to be like that before. I never really fell into the conspiracy stuff before that. I mean, I've, I've definitely believed that there's been stuff going on. You know, I don't believe 9-11 was real. I don't believe that JFK was shot by who who they claim who shot him. You know, I don't. I know that there's definitely been some dirty work go on in the past. Yeah. But I've never really uh, submerged myself in, in conspiracies like a lot of people have. And, you know, the first day when I pulled up, I had I had no thoughts that this could be. Oh, this is just this is just a regular disaster. You know, this is just a very unfortunate situation. And then it quickly, I quickly realized that, that this was way more than what the eye could see. And, uh, you know, and now I've, I've devoted, you know, half what the rest of this month of my career to try and, and do what I can to expose what I saw, because what, what happened there was not uh, an act of God. It was it was it was conducted by somebody. Sorry about that. It was conducted by somebody who had very evil intentions. And um, and I, I know clearly what I saw with my own eyes was not normal and uh, something very big is going on here. Well, Derek, I know you're not a political guy. I know you've never gotten in the sphere of voting and anything like that. But I'll tell you what, my friend, first of all, keep praying to God and we'll keep uh, to, that you stay safe and that nobody hurts you. Second of all, I think you might want to go register and you might want to vote for Donald Trump this time around because it's getting that serious, ladies and gentlemen. And you know it as well as I do. This this stuff is not right. And it's all from politics. If you're not believing what's going on, it's all from politics. Time to get these people out. Derek, I got to go right now. I'm going to show some more footage from down there, but I just want to say thank you. I want you to really be safe, and I want you to get a hold of me off air, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss some other stuff that's going on. Okay, brother? Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me, guys, and uh, keep it here with Jeremy. He does what he's talking about. Uh, thank you, brother, and, and, and we trust everything that you're doing, and we, and we support everything that you're doing as, as well. So stay safe, my friend. God bless. Thank you, sir. All right, bye. Uh, all right, see you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there he is, uh, Derek. Uh, I, I, we contemplated putting his last name on there. Now, Derek's worked for us before in the past, and Derek has covered some pretty extensive natural disasters and weird things before, but he said this is the weirdest, and I, I've, I've known him uh, for a while. He's a good man, and uh, I trust what he's saying. And uh, before we take a quick break for our sponsors, I've got to show you this. Two things. Number one, as promised, roll it. There seems to be a huge emphasis on ensuring that the media and anyone else can't see what's going on here in Lahaina, West Maui. There are miles and miles of this black fence going up that was not here before that is obscuring ground zero and making sure no one can see what's going on inside of there from the road. No one can get in there. No one can take any pictures. And then I've also seen these weird foreign police cars showing up, these special police. What I, I'm not maybe? sure what to call them. This is a Nissan, but there's... 
quite a large presence of these standing guard around the perimeter. We've also lost our ability to fly drones really anywhere near this area. Now this 20 second clip here that I, I tried to get out of my car and show what was going on, I was almost immediately after these 20 seconds, National Guard came, chased me off, yelled at me, told me to get back in my car and keep moving. So, And that's the same thing that happened to me today when I exposed that FEMA. Well, not exposed because they're kind of hiding in plain sight. But when I went there to see what the heck they were doing, that's the same thing they did to me. Same thing they did to me. Now, for all you people out there that don't believe that direct energy weapons exist and you wonder, well, how did these cars get melted to the street right here? But this house 30 feet away, which is clearly in the burn zone, doesn't even have a mark on it. Well, I'm going to show you a smaller scale of a direct laser energy weapon, whatever you want to call it. They exist in tools that we have right here today. Check it out, folks. A friend that he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist. And he has been going on about how the Maui fires were caused by direct energy weapons. And since I have technically a miniature direct energy weapon um, in the form of a laser, this is a 1500, 1500 watt laser, so tiny in the grand scheme of things. I just want to show him that that's ridiculous and uh, it doesn't work. So He's you see that red dot right there? That's where the laser beam is going to shoot and it's, it's not going to be. See? He's an idiot. Safety's on. <laughs> Obviously, he just wanted to get people's attention at the first part. Uh, Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. And that's just in a mechanical shop. That's just in a mechanical shop. And that's a 1500 watt direct energy laser. And look what it did. And you notice how they made the little palm tree to kind of make the point. Again, I'm not saying that happened or that didn't happen. What I'm saying is they exist, ladies and gentlemen. They very much exist. And since we know all this, folks, it's probably a good thing that we go ahead and make ourselves and our family prepared for whatever happens. And for whatever happens means energy, food, water, heat, all that stuff. Energy, gas, a lot of that stuff, food, water, energy, all of that can be alleviated right here on 4patriots.com. 4patriots.com, you can alleviate all the stuff that they're doing. You know what? How bad do you think those people in Maui wish they had a Patriot power generator right now? How bad do you think those people in Maui wish, and I'm not saying they should have gotten it or anything like that. I'm just saying, how bad do you think that they wish they had a year's worth of supply of food right now? It's better to always spend money on something and never need it and throw it away than it is to never spend money on it and need it and find yourself dead. So, ladies and gentlemen, 4patriots.com, promo code LFA. And another way, Gold Co. Here's how they can control you. Food, energy, currency, air, water. If you can separate yourself from all of them in that by turning your money into gold and silver, palladium, or platinum, by making sure that you have direct energy from the sun, to make sure that you have food, to make sure you have clean water, then how can they stop you? They can't. They fear autonomy. 
So another thing you can do, ladies and gentlemen, is turn that green cast right now into rock-hard precious metals. And you can do that today by going to goldco.com slash live or call 855-559-3433 today. Goldco, folks, and four patriots looking out for you. Now, this morning, we talked about a trial date being set for Donald J. Trump. I asked you, do you believe that the trial date will be in January 2024 like the DA wants it? Or do you believe that, or the, as Jack Smith wants it in the DOJ, or do you believe that it would be uh, April of 2026 as Donald Trump wanted it? And we predicted that they would add a little bit to it, but it would probably be in the same year. I predicted August, but they'd never let it go to July or April of 2026. Well, ladies and gentlemen, just in today, far left DC judge schedules trial for Trump in the January 6th case, one day before primary elections. One day before the primary elections and three weeks before the New York trial. Trump's attorneys requested April 2026. Jack Smith wanted January of 2024. They ended up going in March of 2024 so they could appear not biased. Even though this is double jeopardy for Donald Trump, he was already acquitted in the Senate. You cannot do double jeopardy on somebody. We need to early vote. We need to ballot harvest. We need to show, you know what? Let's hack machines too. Why not? Why not? Let's hack machines too. They do. I am so sick and tired of not playing on the same level playing field. We're playing on it now. I'm telling you that. Until you put us in jail or a bullet in our heads, we're playing by it too. Also, another thing that just came in today. Donald Trump and the 18 co-defendants are to be arraigned. They were booked the other day, last week, but now they're to be arraigned on September 6th in in the Georgia Rico case. So you can bet LFA TV will be back on the ground there. I wonder if Large Marge will be there. You think, Eli? Ladies and gentlemen, please do me the ever so humble favor of sharing this video. We have 10 minutes left. Give us a rumble. Give us a thumbs up. We're making sure we bring you all the details of everything going on from sea to shining sea as much as we possibly can. And we need all the help we can get. I can tell you what, traveling around the country, getting these stories, making sure we get people out there to get the footage, paying their way, paying their hotels, paying their uh, flights. The stuff's getting far more expensive than I ever thought. So that's why it is so very important to keep us funded, to keep us rumble ranted, to keep buying things using our promo codes if you can afford to do it because every little bit counts, folks. And we can't exist without you. And since our donorship is lower than it's ever been, ever since we started, we can really count on that now. Now, Jim Jordan is hinting that the House is headed towards a Biden impeachment inquiry in September. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jim Jordan of Ohio today suggested that the Republican-led House of Representatives will likely move toward the impeachment inquiry into President... Uh, Joe Biden, when Congress reconvenes in September. Why wasn't it Kevin McCarthy that announced that? Why are we hearing this from Jim Jordan and not Kevin McCarthy? But I can tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, what Donald Trump said about it. Donald Trump has no patience for this impeachment inquiry. No patience whatsoever. And he shouldn't. And he shouldn't. Bring this up on the screen. This is Donald Trump putting out the Republicans in Congress, though well-meaning, Keep talking about an impeachment inquiry on crooked Joe Biden. 
Look, the guy got bribed. He paid, he paid people off. And he wouldn't give $1 billion to Ukraine unless they got rid of the prosecutor. Biden is a stone-cold crook. You don't need a long inquiry to prove it. It's already proven. These lowlifes impeached me twice. I won and indicted me four times for nothing. Either impeached a bum or fade into oblivion. They did it to us. We, don't, we didn't get no impeachment inquiry, Donald Trump said. We just got impeached. So why are we playing on the same level playing field, Kevin McCarthy? You coward. You know-nothing coward. Rhino establishment piece of Adam Schiff. And why aren't the 20? And why isn't MTG, Large Marge, doing a damn thing about it other than raising money off the back of Donald J. Trump? I already started making a song about Faggiato Blow and Large Marge. Trust that. I'm so sick of these cowards. Absolute cowards. The National Archives, NARA, also put out a statement today acknowledging that Joe Biden has 5,400 pseudonyms of emails and text messages. 5,400 pseudonyms for Biden. How are we ever going to get down to the big guy? That's why the impeachment inquiry just needs to stop. Just do the impeachment, drag his ass through the mud, and start this war. Or at least play, fight in it. They started it a long time ago. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I got to take you out to San Francisco real quick. Because a San Francisco bakery has refused to serve police officers because the store has a gun ban. No cops allowed in San Francisco. And this was put out by the San Francisco Police Department. A bakery in San Francisco, Reams, R-E-E-M-S, turned a police officer away because he was armed. The bakery says they maintain a strict policy of not serving anyone who's carrying a firearm. I wish they got robbed right at that moment. I wish right at that moment somebody kicked in the door and said, give me all your money. And the cop said, sorry, I can't do anything about it. Sorry. Yep. And I don't want to ever see a police officer be called to that place if they, if they ever get... Um, if they ever get robbed, you're going to refuse because he's armed to protect the community. Dumb, dumb award, ladies and gentlemen, to Reams, R-E-E-M-S, Reams. What a stupid sounding name anyway. Somebody said the bakery's now closed. Who said that? Not that the San Francisco cops deserve anything, but who said the bakery is closed? Is that true? Because this was just put out today, so that would be great if that was the case. That would be great. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to go ahead, since we are pressed for time, and this morning I showed you a video. And on this video this morning, you saw Nevada police, they, Nevada Highway Police, they didn't play no games with these climate protesters. But we're, we're climate protesters. Oh, why are you arresting us? Well, I got more footage from there. I got better footage from there. Roll it. <laughs> this is great. Get off the highway. This is a state route. Everybody will be arrested if not. 30 seconds. Send your leader to my vehicle. Let's talk. Get off the fucking road. <laughs> that was a cop that said that. And they're just there flipping them off. Okay. We got something for you. Tommy! Tommy! You!
I love this. I could watch this all day. Oh, we got more footage than what I showed you this morning, so stay tuned here. <laughs> I can watch this all day. Get out now! Get out! On the ground! All of you on the ground now! Get on the ground! Get on the ground! Don't move! So who's trying to get the gun? No one has a gun. We have no weapons at all. We're environmental protesters. Please. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. Please. Ride that cow. Ride that bull. What the fuck? I'm trying to get it fucking hurt. What the fuck? He's running Oh, now you're, li now you're listening real good, aren't you? That a girl. There you go. Good girl. That's right. Listen to police when they tell you to do something. Greatest video of the day, right, Eli? Eli loves that video. Eli wants that to happen to everybody all the time that block roads. <laughs> so do I. So do I. All right, folks, before we leave today, I want you... Everybody, right now, as soon as this show's over, even before you watch Will Johnson, go to OFPFarms.com. Corey and Denise, small farm, big love, entrepreneurs just trying to make their way in life, and they're doing it all on their own. And that's what I call America strong. And I'll tell you what, after putting OFP Farms soap on my body and their lotion and their beard oil, I will never go back to anything, any other brand ever, ever again. So show them some love. OFP Farms, they've decided to be here for another month of sponsorship, and I don't blame them because they're amongst people who love their products and love them, and we want them to last for a very long time, just like LFA TV, which reminds me I'd like to say thank you to Clee Sully for the donation, Super Nurse for the donation, Savvy Granny, Peggy Dell, and Sylvia Fletcher. Thank you all very much. Now, as it is 6 o'clock, and by the way, it's because of you that LFA stays afloat. As it's 6 o'clock, I'm going to leave you with this. Donald Trump says Ron DeSantis is rumored to exit the presidential race for a Florida Senate challenge. Now, the DeSantis campaign says, we're in it to win it. Do you believe that? I don't. But wouldn't it be funny if Ron DeSantis, knowing that this is his last governorship in Florida, his last term, if he drops out of the presidential race and runs for Florida Senate, I don't think he'll even win that. I said if he went against MAGA, he'd never, ever, ever win anything ever again. And I stand by that. I stand by that. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, remember on JeremyHarrell.com, we have an overstock list. $10. 
on the overstock list. $10 for every item on there. You're going to want to check it out. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. Keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Please continue to pray for LFA. Please continue to pray, pray for my family and the hosts here that we can continue to do our job one way or the other. And stay tuned. The fight continues right here on LFA TV with Will Johnson and Culture Wars. Keep your families close. Keep a smile on your face. And whatever you do, keep spreading that gospel. I love you. Peace out, folks. Somebody said, why do you support excessive police actions? I support excessive police actions against liberal idiots all day long. God bless.